Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today a Walton College alumnus, Anthony Lewis, who is Vice President, Value Portfolio Holdings at AT&T, and he has been at AT&T for 35 years. Anthony, thank you so much for taking time to visit with me about your career and, and all the things you've done. I know you started in uh, as a senior auditor with Ernst & Young. I guess that was right after you graduated from the Walton College. Oh, that, that's correct. That was my first job after uh, graduating here in, in Dallas. Of course, you've been in finance primarily, but you've uh, really had an interesting career. Uh, I remember you telling me at one point you even worked in South Africa for a time. I did, and that was um, around 1995 time frame. I moved myself and my family at that time. My, my wife was expecting our first son when we first moved to, to South Africa. That was not long after I'd started work with, with AT&T. And we ended up living in South Africa and working there for uh, about six years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a very interesting, interesting uh, assignment. We went there as um, an opportunity to invest in the telephone company in South Africa. Telcom South Africa is the, the, the entity there. We invested along with a, a partner that we had, Telcom Malaysia, and together we owned 35% of Telcom South Africa. And we had management control. So our employees, we from AT&T, had initially about 50 employees that went there, and Telcom Malaysia had 25 and uh, we managed the, the business with the primary objective to rebuild their network, to strengthen their infrastructure, to train uh, South Africans to essentially do the jobs that we were doing while we were there. Uh, and then to, uh, to do an IPO was the, uh, the final thing that we wanted to do there, part of our exit strategy, but also to allow South Africans to invest in Telecom South Africa. Now, you were the chief financial officer of Telcom. The financial systems in South Africa, are, are they different than what we have here? I would think they would because the regulations are different. Is that right? There are, there are some, some differences. I mean, one of the primary differences from the perspective of the CFO there was really that they followed uh, international accounting standards. Uh, so... We were in the process, in fact, one interesting thing we had to do is when we were preparing to list the company, we listed it on the New York Stock Exchange and the Johannesburg Exchange. And we had to essentially make sure that we could bridge U.S. gap with international accounting standards as we were preparing to, to list the company. So it took some time to work through some of the differences in the standards and make sure that, um, that we were, were doing things as they were required to be done on the New York Stock Exchange as well. But that was one of the primary differences. The, the financial systems there are, are fairly well developed. And so it wasn't that uh, the financial systems weren't there. There were just some differences that we had to, had to deal with. More recently, before your current job, I know 
you were vice president of investor relations. That must have been an interesting job. It, it was interesting. It was very interesting. I was I was there for a fairly short period of time, but it was at a time when we were uh, working through our acquisition of Time Warner and trying to determine how we go to market and talk to the market about that about that acquisition. Now, before we completed the acquisition, I actually moved to uh, my current position and so started a process of thinking about how we do that with uh, the team and the investor relations side uh, and then handed that over to some other folks that were that were there. But it's interesting, you know, in talking to you over the past few years and just hearing your stories, of course, you're in finance, clearly. A lot of the roles you've had have required you to do lots of communication, almost marketing to some degree. Mm -hmm. I've picked that up in our conversations. And so it really shows how, you know, although you went the finance route, clearly, you did it in school and you did it in your career, you still wound up having to use a very broad set of business and personal skills. I think that that's true, and I think that's important for for anyone who, uh, no matter what kind of degree you might get from a university, if it's, I got an accounting degree uh, initially, I went on to get an MBA after that at uh, another uh, institution. But the, the skills that were required, I think, were really more broad skills. One, of, one other interesting opportunity that I had uh, with AT&T was in Chicago. I moved from Dallas and went to Chicago in 2007 and ended up living and working there for about seven years. But what I did there was uh, we, have a, we have a subsidiary called AT&T Capital Services. And Capital Services is a, it's a wholly owned subsidiary that provides financing and leasing services for AT&T business customers. So it really was an opportunity to manage a, a business, uh, a complete operations of a business. It was, although a financing business, we were essentially a bank for our business customers uh, to help them implement solutions that we would sell to them. So it was internally working with uh, the leaders of our various business units and effectively telling them or showing them what we could do from a financing perspective to actually help them win business with large enterprise customers and also small business customers. And so that in, in, it required some marketing per se as we went and I talked internally with a lot of folks within the business to show them what we could really do to help them enhance their, their business from a sales perspective uh, as well. So that was a, one of the interesting things that I got a chance to, to do as well and, and manage a sort of a full scope of a business operation that we had there. So that required not only the, the finance uh, and accounting knowledge and skills, but just the ability to communicate and talk to folks and, and understand from a business perspective what profitability really means and what's, uh, a, as from a decision-making perspective, uh, what's a better investment to make uh, one versus another. And your current position, value portfolio holdings, what, what do you do in your current position? Well, the, the name doesn't help you a whole lot uh, to determine what it is, but let me explain a little bit about it. As you think about what AT&T is doing, uh, certainly post our acquisition of 
Time Warner and now Warner Media, which uh, we have renamed that business. We're evaluating a lot of our operations to ensure that the things that we're doing are focused on our key strategic objectives. There are certain things that we're doing have done that although still have they may still have value, there are things that maybe we don't need to do or don't want to do going forward, or areas where we can create value with assets that we, we have, value that will help us as we go forward uh, with our, our business strategy. So we actually look at various parts of the business and evaluate them for two or three different things. One, are there opportunities to improve cash flow for the, for the operation? Is there an opportunity to refocus the use of the assets that we have there to create additional value for the business? And then thirdly, are there parts of the business that we ought to monetize or sell in order to create value for, for, for the business as well? So we're evaluating different parts of the business and making decisions uh, along those three primary tracks to, to determine what's the best course for uh, the use of the assets to generate value for, uh, for the firm. The acquisition acquired Warner Media, which you're calling Warner Media now, it, it was really interesting. I, I'm an outsider, and so I don't know anything about the internal workings of AT&T. But it really seemed to be a very smart strategic move, for at least from my perspective, because of all of the access it gives and the ability to, I mean, if you look at marketing in general, it's all moving toward, and value creation, it's all moving towards very customized, targeted solutions. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, this gives AT&T that ability to the nth degree it seems like. Is that a key part of the overall strategy or? I think that that is a, a key part of the strategy. And I think as we've articulated the strategy, the, the acquisition certainly allowed us to get access to an immense library of content. And, and content is what drives value, uh, certainly in an entertainment business and delivering that content in various forms, whether it's through wireless devices, whether it's on your TV at home, your, your, your tablet, those are the, the screens that you can certainly deliver content to. And, and as you think about the cost of content, the owner of content certainly has a economic advantage from a value perspective, rather than having to purchase content from a third party, which drives up cost. So acquiring content and having the ability to deliver that content in various ways on platforms that we already owned prior to that acquisition is a key driver of value. And certainly the, the point that you make about targeted advertising, that's one of the, one of the significant things that we believe we'll, we'll, we'll be able to do as we look at how we deliver content and advertising at a level that identifies people and what they like and and what they watch and what they're what they would want to purchase possibly and so it's all with doing that with consent of the consumer to use whatever data they provide to us to use to to, to do that uh, so our, our advertising business which we 
also made some a couple of other acquisitions to really enhance advertising and build a platform to do just that more targeted uh, advertising itself. Yeah, I mean, the value of information just keeps going up. And the amount of information this creates for AT&T is phenomenal. But it's end-to-end, which is what's part of what's interesting about it. So, Anthony, you clearly, you, you majored in accounting. You took a job in accounting. You've gone the accounting finance route in your career. When I look at all the positions you've held over the past more than 35 years, 35 at AT&T, but just the total picture, You've stayed focused on finance. Are you pleased you did that? Are you glad that you did that? No, I, I am very, very glad that I, I did that. It's been a career for me that has been very interesting. It's really what's kept me focused on trying to find ways to improve, to create value from, from, a, from a company perspective. When I started, certainly with uh, accounting, I started in public accounting, that was an interesting entry into the business world because accounting was very interesting to me and, and, and hopefully interesting to a lot of others as well. As I went through various positions with AT&T, I decided to get uh, an MBA as well, which I thought would open up some other avenues uh, of interest that I, that I had as well, which would really helping from a business perspective, helping businesses understand the value of making certain decisions. And I think decision support from a finance perspective uh, is a way to create value for business from an operational perspective as well. So all of the, the positions that I've had have had some degree of operational support to help make good decisions to create value for the business. And that's what's been most interesting to me is helping with those critical decisions. Because in, in the end, most decisions that need to be made have some financial aspect to them that will require some analysis and some input from a finance perspective. So that's been, it's been great for me and the almost 35 years that I've spent with AT&T I've had a chance to do a lot of those kinds of things that I believe have helped create value and have helped you know, key executives in the company make good decisions. Anthony, thank you so much for taking time to visit with me about this. I appreciate it. It's been great. I appreciate it. And I'm always willing to do whatever I can for the University of Arkansas. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Be Epic podcast from the Walton College. You can find us on Google, SoundCloud, iTunes, or look for us wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can find current and past episodes by searching Be Epic Podcast, one word, that's B-E-E-P-I-C podcast, and now Be Epic. Be Epic.